Last time on Jedi Dropouts. As the premiere season of Jedi Dropouts came to a close, many a question was left unanswered. Will the Dropouts save the Earth from its inevitable doom? Will they defeat their wicked foes? Will they ever make an episode on time? Well, fear not, faithful listeners and loyal citizens of Dropoutsville. Your caped crusader and his bearded boy wonder have returned. So sit back, strap on your seatbelts, and hang on to your Maltesers. It's time for Season 2 of Jedi Dropouts! Welcome back to Jedi Dropout, your semi-weekly-ish DK. <laughs> I'm James Ma. And I'm Ryan Taylor. Um, we're back. Season 2, as we're formally calling it. Um, we've been yep. off for well over a month at this point. <laughs> much Yeah, we have. Much needed vacation. Yeah. Um, and we might as well start off the uh, right off the bat, just talking about. Really been much. What? What was that? Hasn't really been much of a vacation. No, I guess not. I'm just busy as shit. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> but uh, we should talk about um season two. We're gonna make some changes here. Um, uh, for starters, yep. we're not. <laughs> I mean, not that we were weekly to begin with, but. We're uh, officially not a weekly podcast. We're making this yeah. every two weeks because that's a deadline we can actually make. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a hobby and we have jobs and other responsibilities that take priority. Yes. Um, my my side uh, cockfighting business has just taken off, so you know my hands are full. Um, and, uh, <laughs> so we're going with every two weeks and it does, it won't seem that different from our, our last couple episodes, but for now on, it will be about an hour and a half to two hours per episode, as opposed to the like half hour, 40 minute ones we were doing when we started. Other than that, it should be the, the same old shit. Yep, same old bullshit. Yep. Um, and as far as the uh, spin-offs that I was doing, Noob Reviews and Tridents and Tracers, uh, I'm currently working out the details on that. Um, looks like I'm going to be sticking with Tridents and Tracers, but in a totally revamped version. Uh more details to come. Probably a new episode in that style within the next week, though. If it's not out already by the time I, we release this, actually. Who knows? Word. And uh, my YouTube series, James is Bad At. Yes. Um, I've been a little slow posting videos lately, but that's because I haven't really had a chance to record any gameplay 
for ukulele because, well, not going to really get the best recordings while my father's using power tools <laughs> like 15 feet away from me. Yeah, probably not. No. Uh, so I decided to wait until the renovations we were doing to my house were done for the time being. And I'll probably soon start recording that. So I'm planning to finish off ukulele soon. I might do a few episodes of me playing Mega Man. Yep. Uh, I've got Resident Evil 7 ready to play when I'm done with those. Uh, by that time, Dynasty Warriors 9 will Ooh. have come out. Yep, yep. Which I have pre-ordered. Um, all the Mega Man X games will be available on PlayStation Network starting this summer. Oh, yeah. So you can be sure I'm going to play those. I forgot they were And I've that, also... Yeah. yeah, they are. Can't wait. And I was thinking about uh, doing some... Twitch streams of the South Park games uh, Sick of Truth and the Fractured But Whole because I love those games and I've been considering attempting at speedrunning them. Ooh. That sounds like a good Plus idea. I just want to play through um, Fractured But Whole at least one more time because if you play on a certain difficulty as a certain ethnicity you unlock another achievement which I did not get the first time ah uh, yeah so kind of got to play it once more I played it on that difficulty and beat it I just didn't have the right ethnicity for the achievement which which sounds worse than it is it, it, I've, I've heard the jokes they make and it's actually uh, it's pretty tasteful it's funny very yeah. funny um, yeah. Without knowing the details, it sounds a lot worse than it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's South Park, yeah. so... No, you, if you know South Park, you know what to expect. Exactly. Not that I've played the game. I, I've played Stick of Truth, so I'm, I'm assuming it's in line with that. Uh, somewhat, yeah. Okay. Um, so this is our first uh, episode of the new year. Uh, welcome to 2018, everybody. Uh, and, of course... Welcome to 2018, 28 days in. Yeah. <laughs> a little, we're a little late <laughs> on that one. Missed the, missed the notice yeah, on that. Yeah, but we've been busy. Yeah. Uh, so of course, the best way to kick off the new year, new season, is to look back on 2017. And that's entirely what we're going to be doing today. Um looking back on our favorite movies, TV shows, video games, etc. of 2018, uh, 2017, sorry, getting ahead of myself. Uh, but, uh, quick question, James, do you have, did you, did you make a New Year's resolution at all? Um, are, are you, are you a resolution yes. type of guy? What do you got? <laughs> not, I'm not usually a resolution type of guy, but, 
whenever I'd be talking to my girlfriend, I would say things like, yeah, you hate me. And stuff like that, just because I knew it bugged her. Yeah. And so she kind of imposed a resolution on me. Like, we were just, like, getting ready to go out in our hotel room. Beers. And I was just being my usual stupid ass. And she was kind of grumbling about me being stupid. And I was like, yeah, I know, you hate me. And she was like, all right your New Year's resolution is you're not allowed to say that I hate you anymore. Fair enough. Uh, so I've caught myself a few times. <laughs> so I'm trying to find a loophole or a way around it, uh, something else I can say to replace it that'll get on her nerves. I see. Yeah. Fair enough. So yeah. really my resolution is to challenge myself. Find a loophole? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty good. I gave up on the whole, like, fitness-related resolutions years ago. Yeah, yeah. Because 99.9% of people never truly follow through with that. And, I mean, I always work out off and on over the course of the year. Work out for a couple months, take a couple months off, work out for a couple months. So there's no point in me making a resolution about it because I know myself, I know my pattern. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe uh, to read more. That's a good one, yeah. I, read uh, more and spend less time on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, I'm not doing the, the fitness resolution per se, but I am trying to you know eat better and exercise. And honestly, that that always starts with the new year for me just because of how shitty I eat over Christmas, which I think a lot of people can, uh, well, oh, yeah. you know, it's just that time of year. But I, I got yeah, a, right a pretty uh, geeky resolution that is pretty inconsequential, actually. Um, I'm going to try and stay away from movie trailers for the most part. Ooh. Yeah. That's one I would never... I, I wouldn't want to do that one. I love trailers. I do too. But I'm finding more and more that I'm going into movies that I feel like I've already seen because of how much they're showing in movie trailers. So... That's fair. For teasers and trailers, I'm going to stick to... If I get to a movie theater, obviously I'll watch the trailers in front of it and... Other than that, I'm going to stay away. I see, need... it actually bothers me when I don't get to the theater in time to see the trailers. Oh, yeah. No, I, I get that. I love trailers. I'll even go back and, like, YouTube trailers for movies that I've seen, like, a dozen times. That's pretty fair, yeah. Like, the trailer for, like, The Dark Knight and stuff like that. Hmm. I just, I just find it's, uh, as of late, like, movie trailers are just giving me a little too much. Like, I don't, I don't really want that much. <laughs> I, I, and I'm, fair. I'm realizing this more because after seeing The Last Jedi in theater and really having seen very little of it, like, uh, I, I didn't really watch a lot of the trailers. I watched, like, the first one, maybe, and I didn't know, I didn't know yeah. any of the twists. 
it was just a really, really fucking awesome movie-going experience. And I want more of that. So, that's that's my little thing I'm doing. Yeah, that's fair. I just love the trailers too much, and I don't find that they spoil too much for me. No, that's fair. See, my thing is, now that we do this, and... You get to see more movies than I do. And I don't mind spoilers, per se, but, like, um, like you go see a movie, we review it on here, and I'll hear some spoilers from you. I take those spoilers in my head, combine them with things I've seen from trailers, and I can kind of piece together, and by the time I see the movie, it's, it's like I've already watched it. Yeah. Like, uh... For example, Thor Ragnarok, I finally got to see that, and that was one you didn't give me anything, any plot points on, and I didn't really watch any trailers besides the first one, so that was, that like, I was pretty fresh going in that, I didn't really know anything that happened or where that story went. Um, yeah. Well, uh, we got a little bit of news and it's not new at all it's month old news but it's too big to not talk about and yes we're very late to the game but we have to talk about Disney buying Fox yep very very belated but uh, a worthy point of discussion all the same um this is fucking huge. Like, in terms of superhero movies and uh, the shit that we talk about, this is one of the biggest things that could happen. Yep. Fucking Marvel has the X-Men and Fantastic Four. So, what do you want to see? Want, I'm, I'm kind of more excited to see what they do with the Fantastic Four than the X-Men. I know, because we've never really we've never really had a good Fantastic Four movie, if you don't include The Incredibles. Um, and, um, it's, it's, it's exciting, because, I mean, they're the, the first family of comics, really. And, and uh, Doom is such a good villain. Oh, I know. That's that. That is the best part for me because I feel like the one. Th like I mean, when you look at what Marvel had that they haven't used yet, the one area I think they were growing a little thin was villains. Yep. But now they've got Doom. They've got Magneto, Galactus. I mean, it's insane the amount of shit they picked up there. Talk like, uh, we bring Latveria in, and yep. And I mean, and like, we're bringing in Reed Richards, one of the best minds in Marvel Comics. Yes. Like, everyone's all going on about how smart Tony Stark is. Wait. Uh, Reed Richards answers you. Yep, you're absolutely right. 
and that's something I thought about actually. We were talking about uh, people who could maybe replace uh, Robert Downey Jr. either as a new Tony Stark, like a recasting, or somebody else stepping into the armor. But I mean, they could literally just kill him off and have Reed Richards take his place as the yeah. Reed could fill the role of the big brain of. The MCU. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, they could, they could get like somebody like you casted Joaquin Phoenix, a, a big name that would fill the shoes, right? And we could finally get a Hulk versus Thing. Oh, yep. Better yet, a Hulk versus Wolverine. That's yep. A, that's a very classic matchup. I'd like to see that team up movie. My only issue with them doing a lot with The Thing is that a lot of casual moviegoers and stuff like that will probably start drawing comparisons between Ben Grimm and Korg. Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. Blue rock guy, orange rock guy. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about the fact that that Korg is still going to be around. So, like, is Korg in Infinity War? Or... Yeah. Is he really? I didn't know that. I have no idea, but they, like, people have talked about how important of a character Korg really is. Yeah. So, I don't know if he's going to be playing some role further down the line. Hmm. It's going to be interesting to see. There's a lot of a lot of new characters they introduced in that movie. Um, yep. I think um, the addition of the Fantastic Four and the X-Men is going to play a huge role in uh, Phase 4, if they do that, if they keep going with the phases. Because, I mean, you've got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you just had a Thor movie in space, and now you have... Fantastic Four, and you have characters like Silver Surfer and Galactus. So I think there's going to be I think yep. there's going to be a hell of a lot more space. I mean, Captain Marvel is already on the way. Well, Captain Marvel is said to be a period piece, isn't it? Like it's taking yeah. place in the nineties. Yes, yeah, in the same way, in I, I, which is definitely like a a counter to Wonder Woman being a period piece. Yeah, a female hero, you know. But, I mean, I, I'm sure they're going to do a good job with it. And uh, it's just going to be interesting to see exactly what Marvel does with these characters and when they do it. Yeah. Like, I don't know how soon their plan is going to go into action. Apparently, like, apparently Kevin Feige has been planning this as part of his blueprint. Like, how... How much he planned in terms of uh, Infinity War? I don't, I don't know if there's someone in that. I mean, Black Panther's coming up. Is this Storm there? Like, is that something they're doing? Who knows? They could surprise us. Yeah. Maybe a post credits where Black Panther meets Storm. Who knows? That'd be pretty cool. I I would fucking love that. I'm excited for Black Panther too. Um, 
Well, uh, anything else to add on that? I mean, I think this is something we've talked about hypothetically for a long time, so a lot of the talking points have already come up in previous episodes, but it's exciting that it already happened. And I know a lot of people are concerned because Disney has that reputation of being, you know, Disney's for kids. They make kids' movies. But they've already openly said, like, obviously we're still going to do the Deadpool movies. I mean, they make money. They're they're good movies. They're trying to get get away from that image. And everything that we've had so far since Disney bought, like the Marvel movies since Disney, the Star Wars movies since Disney, in my opinion, it's only gotten better. Yeah. They're making movies for the fans. I mean, look at what they did with Spider-Man. Exactly. They're they're going for the fans first. Yep. And I can't fucking wait. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, uh, let's get into it. Let's get right into the best of 2017. Let's do it. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about our picks for best video game of 2017 and um, I'll just I'll go first just because my I think my answer might be a little shorter than yours um, and that's because I've only played uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that no well no it was a lot easier for me I know that for sure just because I only played one video game that came out in 2017 <laughs> So I, I only have one possible pick, and I got that game for Christmas, so it's honestly my favorite video game of 2017. I didn't really play in 2017, um, and that's Injustice 2. Uh, I, I, I mean, I knew I was going to love it. I love the first one. I love fighting games. I love DC heroes, and this is just fucking perfection. If you like fighting games, this this is a must. Uh, and the story mode is great. It's a really fucking cool story. Um, the gameplay mechanics, the graphics. There's even a lot of end game in like getting different shaders and different gear and leveling up characters. And uh, the thing I think you'd love about this is the characters that normally get overlooked get a lot of attention here. Like Blue Beetle, Deadshot, Swamp Thing, Captain Cold. And uh, nice. there's a lot more attention on Gotham in this one. Like, the first one had some Batman characters, of course, but like in this one they added uh, Scarecrow, they added Robin finally. Obviously, my favorite game of 2017 because it's the only one, but I feel like if I played more, that would still be my favorite. Okay, what do you got? Um, I haven't played that many games that came out this year, or, well, last year. Yeah. So, really, I just have top two, well, no, top three. Okay. And and one dishonorable mention. Dishonorable mention, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm very intrigued. The the third best game I played that came out in 2017 is the one I'm still currently playing, Ukulele. Okay. 
fun game. It's so reminiscent of Banjo-Kazooie. I think they nailed what they were trying to do there. Yeah, definitely. The music, the dialogue, like the movement controls, like the whole game feels like a Banjo-Kazooie sequel. It's a lot of fun for anyone who played those games. Um, so I definitely recommend checking those out and checking out me playing them on YouTube. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> uh, what's the um, What's the name of your YouTube channel? James is bad at. James is bad at is how you can find it by searching. I think your the the handle is just James Moss, right? Yes. Okay. Because it's a uh, YouTube channel I had linked to my email from uh, before. Yes. And for the record, this that we are calling that a Jedi Dropouts production, although we, it would have been on the Jedi Dropouts YouTube if we could have got that working, but didn't work. Yeah, we tried. I tried to. I'm not the most tech savvy. Couldn't figure it out, so I just started doing it this way. But I link all the Jedi Dropout stuff in the uh, description of the videos, and we post it to all the Jedi Dropouts pages, of course. Exactly. Um, the second best game I played of 2017 is South Park The Fractured Butthole. A lot of people said that this game isn't as good as The Stick of Truth, which, you know, I, I, can, I can get. I, I see that. I, I kind of agree that it's not as good just because when I get the urge to play one of those games, I lean more towards uh, Stick of Truth. Yep. Because I've beaten the Stick of Truth like a dozen times already. And I've only beaten the Fractured Butthole twice. Okay. But it's still a really fun game. Just because it's not as good as its predecessor doesn't mean it's bad. Uh a lot of fun. It's exactly what you'd expect from a South Park game. Um, one thing that um, Zero Punctuation pointed out in their review of the game on The Escapist is that you need to be familiar with a lot of the South Park episodes to really get the jokes or the plot of okay. the game. Yeah. But that wasn't a problem for me because I fucking love South Park and I have most of the seasons on DVD. Oh, okay, yeah. That makes sense. So that that wasn't an issue for me. Whereas um, Emily and I played through Stick of Truth where, like, we... Largely, she was watching me play, but she would be making the decisions on, like, what are what weapons and what costumes, like, hey, go here, check this out. And then we did the same thing with uh, The Fracture But Whole. Yeah. And she enjoyed The Stick of Truth more because the jokes in that game weren't as reliant on a pre-existing knowledge of the show. Okay. So Stick of Truth, more fun for casual fans, but people who actually watch South Park, are gonna 
get a lot more of the jokes in Fractured But Whole. I loved it. The game had me in stitches. I definitely want to play it at some point. For sure. I definitely recommend it. Um, brings me to my number one game I played of 2017, and that is um, Metroid Samus Returns. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That game, like, I love me some Metroid. Yeah. And I, I barreled through that game. And then I barreled through it again to see how much time I could shave off. And it's such a fun game. Anyone who played and enjoyed Super Metroid really needs to check this game out. I don't really know what else I could even really say about it. Um, well, I mean, that's yeah, the, if, that's the thing. If it's if good, you're a fan of the 2D side-scrolling Metroid games, this game's for you. Everyone I know who's like even bigger Metroid fans than me love this game. Um, I'm probably going to start playing it again soon because I was watching some Super Metroid randomizers, randomizer races on uh, YouTube the last few days. And I'm just like, man, that makes me want to play some Metroid. <laughs> I don't currently own a copy of Super Metroid, so that means Samus Returns. It is. Well, man, if it can scratch that itch, it's got to be, it's got to be up there, right? Oh yeah. Anytime I get the urge to play a Metroid game, this game satisfies me. Awesome. I wish that I could do a randomizer of this game. Fuck. Uh, for those listening at home that don't know, and also for me, what what is a randomizer? Um, the randomizers I've been watching lately. Like, if you randomize a Pokemon game, it usually just randomizes, like, the starter Pokemon you can get, and it randomizes the Pokemon found on each route. Okay. So, like, instead of level 2 Rattatas on route 1, you might find a level 2 Dragonite. Okay. Or Mewtwo or something like that. But... I've been watching randomizers lately of Super Metroid and A Link to the Past. And basically what that does is it randomizes where the items are found. Okay, yeah. So what, in Super Metroid, what might have been a Super Missile upgrade might be where you find the screw attack. The second item in the game might be the space jump. Nice. But, like, you're so used to going to certain places to find certain items to progress through the game, to, like, reach certain points, but those items aren't in those places. You might find really important items super early, or you might be, like, scratching your head going to the most obscure locations where it's just, like, a missile pickup. Okay trying to find things that you need in order to get to Ridley. Huh. 
and it's the same thing with a link to the past. They even randomize because um, you need crystals in order to get into Ganon's tower. Yeah, but they randomize which dungeons are crystal dungeons and which ones are just pendant dungeons. Okay. So sometimes you'll fight a boss and they'll drop the master sword and then you'll beat another boss and they'll just drop five rupees. Huh. So people yeah, people do it's speed runs? Interesting. People do speed runs of this, you say? They do speed runs of uh, the Metroid one, okay. but they mostly do races of A Link oh, to the Past. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. have three scheduled races a day wow. for A Link to the Past, and some of these races have 50-plus runners going at once. Jesus Christ. A lot of, yeah. a lot of luck involved. You can, you can stream it, you can watch them on YouTube, and they'll just show, like, four players at a time. And they'll have tournaments of the races, too. I watched one last night where um, the two guys who were going against each other in Super Metroid, one of them finished the game in 43 minutes, randomized, and the other one took almost two hours. It just depends on what, how you route it and which items you happen to find. So, you said you had a dishonorable mention? Yeah. And technically it's two games, but I'm going to lump them together. Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Really? Yeah. Gen 7 of Pokemon, I found, was really disappointing. Okay. The game is very hand-holdy, dialogue-heavy. They didn't add very much to the games. Like, very few new Pokemon. We having any issues? Nope, we're good. We're good. Okay, I just heard you clicking. Oh, sorry. Thought you were fixing something. Um, All good. And I heard a lot of people with these same complaints. So I was hoping when they made Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, the sequels to Sun and Moon, they would have fixed a lot of these issues. Yeah. But most of the story is even the same, and they didn't... and changed two or three new Pokemon and just as dialogue heavy just as hand holdy there's like you play like five minutes of the game and then there's a cutscene and then there you play like two minutes of the game and there's big thing of dialogue and it's just so slow moving that I beat Ultra Moon and I still haven't finished Ultra Sun. Like, I got to the second of four islands, and it just stopped being fun because it's just so slow-paced. And, like, half the fun of Pokemon games is exploring places and, like, going here, going there, and finding new Pokemon and finding items, and there's none of that. Well, At a time where people are so focused on these big open-world games like Breath of the Wild and games like that where you can get lost and exp- 
explore and find shit. Yeah. Pokemon are delivering us these games that are just so linear and hand-holding. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they really shit the bed there. Oh, definitely. And also not that far removed from, like, the 40th version of Skyrim. Um, yeah. Or what it feels like, anyway. Um, oh, that sucks. Uh, I gotta say, I, it doesn't sound like my kind of Pokemon game either. Not that I play Pokemon like you do, but I have enjoyed Pokemon games in the past. And uh, No, it doesn't sound like it's my kind of thing. No, it's... Seems sister would have no trouble beating this game, and she's never played a Pokemon game. Yeah. Like, there's very little challenge. Like, every other person you talk to heals your team, and, like, every so often you run into the person that's supposed to be your rival, but instead of battling you, or even when they do battle you, they get, like, a hand. Like, they heal your team afterwards and then still give you a handful of reviving items. So you're never really in danger of losing all of your Pokemon just because you always seem to have these items stocked. Wow. So, yeah. It feels like they watered it down a lot. And, like, I get it that Pokemon are usually geared towards children anyway, but... It feels like they made it exclusively yeah. for ch- children. Gotcha. Yeah. But that's my take on that. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, now is time to talk about the best TV shows of 2017. Um, yep. Also very, very easy answer for me. I don't know about you. Uh, I spent all of a fraction of a second thinking about my answer. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, so, I don't know about you, but for me, Stranger Things is the easy choice. Well, I done goofed because I forgot about Stranger Things altogether. <laughs> <laughs> you said that, I'm like, shit. <laughs> That was really good, and I forgot. Okay. Okay, I, I got a, a couple TV shows here that I thought thought stood out, so I'm just going to go through them real quick. Uh, obviously, yep. Stranger Things was my favorite TV of any kind this year, and if you want to hear more of my opinions on that, I ranted a lot. I, I, went, uh, I went pretty in-depth for a while when we reviewed it back in November. Um... Love, yep. love everything about it. I've watched it a few times through now. The second season, even. Um, other TV shows I really enjoyed new seasons of this year. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones did a full season. Um, originally written based not on the books at all. And I thought they did a great job with it. Pacing was better. It was There was a lot more action. Um, I know all, all traditional fans weren't big on it, but... I loved it, and Rick and Morty had probably their strongest season. Season 3 was fucking hilarious. Um, 
And it's great because Game of Thrones and Rick and Morty are not coming back till like 2019 maybe. So I guess we got good seasons to last us. Um, in terms of new shows that uh, just premiered in 2017, The Punisher obviously was probably the best. And uh, I feel like maybe that's what you're going to bring up. But also uh, The Tick I thought was a, a very underrated show for the year. We only got six episodes, and I think the second half of season one comes out like next month, maybe. Uh, I'm really excited yeah. for it because that that's one of the the best comic book to TV adaptations I've ever seen. It is so fucking spot on, and it's easy to see that it's made by the same guy who not only made the original TV show but the guy who made the comic book itself. So, uh, that's my take on 2017 and TV. Riverdale, I really enjoyed the first season, but the second season has kind of gone off the rails. It's a little bit batshit. Um, <laughs> and uh, what do you got? Um, just going to throw it out there. I didn't get around to watching The Tick. Yep. Because my only television service I have at the moment is Netflix. Yes, because... I don't, I don't have Hulu or anything else like that. I don't have cable. Mm. Excuse me. Um, there are other means. Uh, <laughs> oh. So, I mean... I, I forgot. I was... Yeah? I forgot one. Legion. Legion season nice. one was fucking Which awesome. I've been meaning to watch and I just keep not getting around to. Yeah, well I I would I would just wait wait till they announce season two and then you can kinda go back to back. Like binge the first season in time to watch the second. Cause yeah. it, it ends on a it has a pretty fucking cool ending, makes me wanna watch the second season and it's weird. It's probably it's one of the weirdest things I've done in the X Men universe, but it's really fucking cool. Yeah. Anyway. Um. There's, like you said, the Punisher. Yeah. I completely forgot about Stranger Things, even though I fucking loved it. I just blanked on that one. <laughs> um, I still haven't watched any Game of Thrones. I haven't gotten into Rick and Morty. Yeah. A uh, few shows that I loved that you forgot to mention. Okay. The Big Bang Theory. I'm just joking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I will watch Big Bang Theory, but I would never chalk it up as one of the better shows. I, I gave up on it, like, uh, I don't know how many years ago. I don't, I, like, I don't despise it like a lot of people do, but it's not really something I watch anymore. The whole despising Big Bang Theory, I think, is more of a bandwagon trendy thing that people are jumping on. Yeah. Because, like, it's not the worst thing on television. It's nowhere near the best. It's lower end of mid-tier. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It's, it's nowhere near the worst because, I mean, young Sheldon, right? 
exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, Punisher was definitely going to be the main thing I said. Um, I also wanted to note um, season three of The Flash had it like had some pretty good moments. It wasn't all perfect, but it had its good moments. The tail end of season five of Arrow was really good. Yeah. And the first parts of season four of The Flash and season six of Arrow have been good so far. Nice. Um, Arrow picked up exactly where it left off. The Flash actually introduced a new character. Oh, yeah? I was kind of like, really? That's who they're choosing to introduce? But I've really been liking this character so far. Oh, uh, I think I I saw something about that. Didn't they introduce the elongated man? Yes. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, like, most people would think, like, if you're going to introduce, like, a stretching hero in DC, you'd go Plastic Man. Yeah, you would imagine. But they went with uh, Ralph Dibney the elongated man and I like he's really he's different and he changes up the show quite a bit like cool. just the way he interacts with the other characters like he's a good guy but like his moral compass is still a little skewed uh, okay like he's still a hero and everything else like that but he's He's a very com- he's a very comedic relief character, and he loves strippers, and oh. never has his wallet on him. So, like everyone else, always ends up paying for his coffee, and <laughs> like he's he's that like hero that you know he's always like, oh, I forgot my wallet. You you gonna pay for my coffee? Nice. Type thing, but then, like, when the villain's there and it's time to, like, save the day, he's, you know, willing to throw himself in the line of fire. Just to clarify. And I, I'm enjoying him. I think the character or the actor that they cast to play him was a good choice. I cannot remember his name. I have no idea. But. It's also the first season of The Flash where the main antagonist has not been a speedster. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, just to clarify here, I'm not saying that The Flash isn't one of my top shows of the year. I I haven't I haven't caught up. I'm behind. And uh, that's fair. Actually, the last of The Flash that I saw was from 2016. I, I finished off halfway through uh, Season 3. Well, um, they actually did a four-part crossover. Okay. Early in this season. Yeah. With Supergirl, Arrow, The Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow. Yep. They did Crisis on Earth X. Nice. That's pretty fucking cool. So, we got to see all of our Arrowverse heroes beating up Nazis. Wow. And I loved it. That sound, that's pretty uh, timely as well. 
Yeah, it made me laugh. It it actually made me cry. No surprise there. And I yeah, like I laughed, I cried, I smiled from ear to ear watching Nazis get punched. It it was fantastic. Uh, I always watch The Flash in like a, a full on binge. Like yeah, I I end up like. Uh, when it first aired, I watched the first four or five episodes week to week, and then I didn't touch it again until, like, season two started, and I just watched it all in, like, a couple days. And then I didn't do that again until last, uh, yeah, but just over a year ago, and I watched okay. all of season two and, like, the first half of season three. So the time's coming again now that I'm going to sit down and, and binge like 20, 30 episodes of The Flash or whatever's out, right? Yeah. Have you, How much Arrow have you watched? Uh, not very much. I have, didn't, I never finished the first season. That's one of those ones I, I never got into, but I I always, yeah. I always wanted to. Um, it's probably gonna, it's, it's high on the list. First season was alright. Second season was better. Third season was kind of... Third season was pretty good. Fourth season was hit or miss. Fifth season got better as it went on. Sixth season so far is pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I should dive further into the Arrowverse. Legends of Tomorrow didn't really do much for me. No. I mean, certain episodes are... In like tomorrow, but I find that show varies from episode to episode. Yeah, I hear you. Well, um, and Supergirl, I just watch just to keep up for when they do crossovers. Really, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Uh, Nothing like I like some of the characters on there. Like I like Guardian. I. Enjoy Monel. Kara's pretty cool. A large part of my issue with Supergirl is how they're doing Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Yeah, I like. I think he's done to a Smallville quality. Oh, okay. Which is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I never watched any Smallville. Um... The actor who's playing him is good. But just the way they made him look when he's in Martian form and like the whole like flying just kind of looks kind of off. Um, Yeah. Before we move on to movies, I just have to point out and admit how big of an idiot I am. (laughs) Um, So... As you, the listeners, may notice, uh, there's been a little bit of lagging because of the Wi-Fi connection, and uh, I I just realized why. Oh, God. Uh, I completely forgot that I had a 9 gigabyte download going on my phone, <laughs> and that's been going for the entire time we were recording, so... That's paused now, and I haven't heard a lag since. I think... Nope, neither have I. 
think that might have had something to do with it. <laughs> sorry, I, I fair so, chance. Sorry, guys, I need my X Files. Okay, that's <laughs> honestly what I was downloading. Um, so now that we're lag free, uh, let's move into the movies. Yep. Now that we're lagless. Yeah, lagless. <laughs> Not to be confused with... Now, Le- now Le- that we're Legolas. Yes, I was going to say, not to be confused with Legolas. Um, yeah. We're doing our top ten movies of 2017. Um, I feel like I actually saw everything that I wanted to see. I spent, like, uh, the last couple of weeks just trying to get my hands on every last little movie I was excited to see. The only one I there have... Were, there were a bunch of movies I wanted to see... From 2017 that I didn't get to. Okay. Well. And I feel like at least one of them made your list. Yeah, it's possible. I, the only movie that I really want to see that's left is Justice League, and I don't think that would crack my top ten. Yeah. That's fair. Honestly, I, I gotta say, 2017, I think, was one of the best years in movies in a very long time. Like, uh, I'll be honest, I make top ten lists just for my own pleasure every year. I've been doing it for a very long time. <laughs> and, uh, like, there are movies on my list this year that don't even crack the top 20 that would be easy top 10s any other year oh god yeah like usually by the end of a top 10 list I've got movies that are I don't know like 7 out of 10s you know something like that like they're starting to I'm starting to have issues with them but like yep. everything on my list is a solid 8 or 9 out of 10 like a really fucking good movie and there are movies that I thought were incredible that are nowhere near my top ten. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to go one at a time and uh, just go through. I've got a couple honorable mentions here as well, because movies I just couldn't not mention at all. Yeah, I'm just going to track which one's on my list that you mentioned. I'm thinking maybe about half of them. I think I think we're gonna have maybe about half of the top ten the same. Okay, so that's that's pretty fair. I think around the top is gonna get more similar. I think some of our favorite movies of the year are very similar. Um, yeah, I'd say. So, I'll start us off. I'll just I'll run through. Yep. My first honorable mention is Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That's one of the ones that I wanted to see that I didn't get to see. I'm not sure if it would crack your top ten. And here's why. It's slow. It's a slow movie. Like, it's a lot of character work, a lot of dialogue, a lot of uh, brooding. Um, There are some fight scenes. And when they do have fight scenes, they're fucking phenomenal. But, like... This movie's almost three hours long, and there's maybe three fight scenes. Wow. Like, three I can remember. But one of them is probably my favorite fight scene of the entire year. Nice. Um, 
I just think a sequel. Okay, for starters, a a book turned loosely into a movie, and then the sequel to just that movie, thirty five years later, should not be this good. Like it, sh- that shouldn't work at all, especially if it's made by someone completely different who didn't make the first movie. You know what I mean? Like that that sounds like a bad movie. Um, but it's the best looking movie I've seen all year. It's fucking amazing to look at. Um, and if you're a fan of the first one, if you're a fan of the original Blade Runner, I think you'll like it. Which, I mean, Blade Runner gets sold as this, like, big sci-fi blockbuster, but it's not. It's really, it's really, um, sort of philosophical in a way. Man, it was, I thought it was a great movie. It's the only one on my entire list that I didn't watch multiple times, which for me nice. for me is a big thing. I don't rewatch movies. I rewatched everything else I'm going to talk about. And the only reason I didn't get around to rewatching that is because it's three hours long. Yeah. But I will. I'll watch it again. <clears throat> uh, my second honorable mention is a movie called The Big Sick. I don't know if you saw this one or if you know much about this one. I didn't even hear of it. I The only reason I really know about this movie is because the comedian who stars in and wrote this is one of my favorites. Um, i got to make sure I get his name right. It's Kumail Nanjiani from Silicon Valley. Um so it's a, it's a romantic comedy, and it's the best romantic comedy I've seen in fucking forever. And uh, the story is uh, this guy falls in love with this girl. They break up. They have a shitty breakup. And, like, not long after, she goes into a coma. And the story is of him uh, sticking by her side through it and befriending her parents basically and the thing that's crazy about this and that gives it the heart is it's a true story and it happened to the guy starring in it wow yeah the actual comedian and they're married now and him and his wife wrote the screenplay together and now it like it just got nominated for best screenplay of the year and uh it's a really fucking good movie and it's really funny because, like, Ray Romano is at his best here. I never thought I would say Ray Romano should get nominated for an Oscar, but he should. <laughs> I never thought I'd hear those words coming out of my mouth. Uh, he plays nope. her, he plays her dad, and I don't know. It's just a really fucking good movie. I'm not really one for romantic comedies, but holy shit, it's a good movie. And the most surprising selection... On my honorable mentions list, and surprising because I feel like most people would expect it to be in my top ten. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. You say that's an honorable mention? Yep, didn't crack my top ten. Wow. I know. I it, it was the hardest choice because like the other two, I I'm like okay, yeah, sure, they didn't they didn't quite make it. Guardians, I was like, <laughs> why is this not in my top ten? It has to be. 
and I couldn't find an argument to put it in there. And it kind of comes back to what you were saying about uh, South Park. Like, it's a great sequel, and I wouldn't ask for a better sequel, but I just it's just not quite as good. You know what I mean? Like, we talked about this in the MCU episodes, like, it's just not quite as good as the original. And I feel yeah. that's probably where where some of it comes from. But uh, I don't know. I, I I really enjoy the movie, and I'm probably gonna watch this movie time after time. To quote Cindy Lauper, but uh, <laughs> uh, just not as much as the other ten. Weirdly cool. enough. So, uh, my top ten, uh, let me see, okay, starting with number ten, uh, I don't I don't feel like this one made your list, I'm not sure, I haven't heard you talk about it, uh, Logan Lucky. No, that's one of the ones that I wanted to see, but I haven't watched yet. I've watched this one a few times over, and this one is a really, it's a really easy, digestible watch, like... When you finish watching... Like, the trailer for it looks great. It It's exactly what you expect, like, but not at the same time. Um, and so, for starters, it's... For those that don't know, it's a heist movie about two redneck brothers trying to rob a NASCAR racetrack starring Channing Tatum and Adam Driver. And, uh... It's directed and written by Steven Soderbergh, the guy who did Ocean's Eleven. And uh, I love Ocean's Eleven. I love it too. I really do. Yeah, I I don't uh, talk about it a whole lot, but Ocean's Eleven is just such a fucking good movie, and it doesn't get a lot of the credit it deserves. Like, there's something to be said for a great heist movie. And I, I love heist movies, and I think Ocean's Eleven is probably one of the best. And uh, this movie is is up there in terms of heist movies because, like, in order in order to be a good heist movie, you have to have a heist that's simple enough for everyone to follow. But at the same time, it's got to be complicated enough that it actually works and it makes sense that it tricked the people in the movie and this one just fucking hits it right on the money but what this movie is really about at its heart is uh, not judging a book by its cover because I mean it's it's the whole oh what are the, the Logan brothers in this movie are very very interesting and Adam Driver is probably at the funniest I've ever seen him um, so yeah, Logan Lucky makes my cut at number 10. And I do, do recommend you see it. For sure. Um, at number 9, I got another one I'm thinking you might not have seen. The Shape of Water. Say it again? The Shape of Water? Nope. 
that's the uh, actually it just came out in December. It's the new uh, Guillermo del Toro movie, and it's referred to by a lot of people as that movie where she fucks a fish, <laughs> because it, it basically stars what looks to be like Abe Sapien from Hellboy. It's like this uh, big blue fish man, and uh, the movie is about a mute woman who falls in love with the, uh, I guess, the amphibious man, you would call him. He doesn't really have a name, and uh, but he's locked up in a laboratory, and it's it's done in a way that combines, it's, it's just so fucking good. Like, it really is sort of a fantasy drama romance in a way with tinges of horror I guess very sci-fi it uh, crimson peak those movies uh, so that one goes goes at number nine <clears throat> um, now the next couple I've been moving around back and forth a lot like I I can't really decide so I'm going with where I have them right now although it's not solid, even a little bit. Uh, number eight. Okay. Number eight. I've got Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, which we've talked about a lot. Yep. We did a, a review episode, and then we did our MCU rankings, and we we talked the shit out of this movie. Uh, yep. Best Spider-Man movie ever made. Perfect Spider-Man. Uh, one of the better MCU movies. We agreed on that. Yep. Uh, but not the best MCU movie on my list. Which brings me to number seven, Thor Ragnarok. Nice. I didn't expect to have it higher than Spider-Man or Guardians. And if you told me, even like a couple months ago, that I was going to like a Thor movie better than a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, I would have laughed in your face, but... Yeah, you would have told me to fuck off. Exactly. Like, even based on the trailers, I, we wa- like, I, I watched the trailer, and I said, holy shit, they're gonna make a good Thor movie. I didn't expect, holy shit, they're gonna make a fucking insanely good Thor movie. Like, Chris Hemsworth has been a great Thor since they casted him. But now they know what to do with him. Uh, one thing that they never really did a good job with was the fact that Chris Hemsworth is a really funny guy and he's got great comedic timing and now they are like oh wait a second maybe we maybe we should put jokes in a Thor movie I mean there's a, there's a lot of jokes but they're funny jokes oh yeah uh, surrounding cast Korg was great Valkyrie was great um, the this variation of the oh god yes one thing that I did notice that I didn't expect out of this I've been reading into Norse mythology a little bit over the last year it's like it's gotten me interested a little bit and uh, uh, classically the Ragnarok is the like inevitable end of all things and yeah. like Surtur destroys everything and kills all the gods basically and I like that 
what they did here was uh, basically say, yes, we're acknowledging the mythology, but we're also doing our own thing, which is like the opening is basically Ragnarok is about to happen. Like, you know, the the traditional Norse apocalypse. And Thor's, yep. like, Thor's like, yeah, no, I don't think so. And then, like, Immigrant Song cuts in and he kicks the shit out of him. And uh, it was pretty fucking badass. I don't know, I, I like the way they did it. And they inc- included, like, Hela and Fenris and all these, like, classic Norse characters. Yep. <clears throat> so, yeah, that was... That was my favorite of the three MCU movies this year, but they were all fucking phenomenal. Um, Hell yeah. I've got six more here, and I think it's going to get a little closer in uh, movies we picked here. Number six, I said Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Nice. This one has gone up and down a lot for me, but less so since I rewatched it. I I was kind of on the fence at first about it. Like, just f- for the record, the first Kingsman is probably one of my favorite movies. I've watched it fucking dozens and dozens of times. And uh, it's one of those things where, like, these, these characters only really exist in that movie until now. So when I watched it, it was a little weird to see these new stories and new characters introduced and so on. But when I thought about it, the first Kingsman was very much a, uh, like an interesting take, a funny take and a very energetic take on Sean Connery Bond movies. So where do you go with the sequel? Obviously the lighter budgets, the bigger sets, the just it it just goes all out and it, it reminds me of a Roger Moore movie you know what I mean yeah um, but no I there's a lot of fucking great jokes in this one a lot of great fight scenes that opening fight scene in the back of the car it's fucking amazing it was great and I don't know how much they spent on that Prince song but I know it was a fortune <laughs> um yeah, Kingsman, Golden Circle, number six. Uh, number five was a movie that was at one point my favorite movie of the year, but then I watched other movies, basically. Uh, Baby Driver. I, I fucking love Baby Driver. This is another one that I want to see so bad, but I haven't seen yet. I do think you'd enjoy it. It's very very fast paced um, it's different than most of Edgar Wright's movies a little less comedic a lot less jokes but um, he takes like in his other movies he has done a lot of uh, marriage of film and music and he takes that to a completely different level in this one it's basically the whole movie is basically great car chases synced to great mu- music. And I mean, there's there's more to it than that. There are other great scenes. Like, John Hamm is fantastic in this. John Bernthal so- shows up for a bit. Uh, Jamie Foxx is really fun. Nice. 
the, in my opinion, probably the best pairing of music to movies scenes ever done. Maybe. Like, really, really, really up there. But, I mean, if I was doing my top five, like, uh, music, musical scenes ever made, I I think they'd probably all be Edgar Wright movies, because I'm a little biased. Yeah, a little bit. A little, little tiny bit. Okay, top four. Number four is Pixar's Coco. I haven't seen Coco yet either. Man, like, okay, uh, just off the top of your head, how many movies or TV shows made you cry this year? A lot. A lot. Because I'm a fucking softie. And I, I envy that a little bit because I'm, I, I, I'm starting to get the idea that I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm an empty void of, <laughs> of emotion. I'm like a, I'm like a heartless robot. But Coco changed my mind because Coco was the first movie in six years to make me shed a tear. Wow. And on rewatching, I came close to crying again. It holds up. Um, best movie Pixar has made in a very, very long time. And it's great on a lot of levels. Like, emotionally, it... The whole fucking last half hour is just fucking heavy. And the whole movie is about this kid in Mexico. He wants to be a musician. He dreams of being a musician. But his family is strictly against music. And that's, that's a very simple premise. But he finds out that uh, a legendary local musician is possibly related to him. And through a series of misadventures, ends up in the land of the dead. And uh, the whole movie is just really, as you... yeah, of course, as you would, right? Um, but the whole movie is is just sort of a, uh, it's it's about having to choose between the thing you love to do and the people you love, and uh, it's about following your dreams, uh, and. Really, it is it, there. It's never at the expense of Mexican culture, which is really fucking cool. And uh, the music's really good too. Like it's really good classic Disney music. Sick. So yeah, Coco, number four. <clears throat> and now the top three is where I think we're gonna have uh, a lot of similar picks, maybe. Uh, and top yeah. th- the top three I have a lot less to say about because I've talked about I've talked about all three of these extensively on this podcast. Uh, number three, it you know it had to be there. Yep, and I'm sure it's high on your list as well. Uh, best Stephen King adaptation in a long time. Uh, oh yeah. The, I, I something I noticed after talking about it is that I haven't seen a horror movie be this scary and this funny at the same time. Like, 
usually once a movie gets scary it loses its comedy and then once it goes more in the comedic direction like Shaun of the Dead it loses its horror yeah like the best examples I can think of are I don't know early Evil Dead and the cast was amazing Uh, so yeah I'm I'm not gonna dwell too much on that because we talked about it quite a bit and uh, speaking of movies we talked about a lot number two Star Wars episode I had to count there episode eight (laughs) The Last Jedi which I don't really need to say much else about our last episode was like a good hour of us talking about this yep so Best Star Wars movie since Empire. Fucking number one. No surprises here. Get out. Yeah, I knew that was coming. You had to know. In my opinion, it's the first movie in a long time. And like every aspect of the movie, the acting, the writing, the directing, it's all fucking the best. So... Yeah. yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about Get Out. Yeah, a couple and a couple episodes too. So, yeah, um, just to run back through them again. Number ten, Logan Lucky. Number nine, Shape of Water. Number eight, Spider Man Homecoming. Number seven, Thor Ragnarok. Number six, Kingsman: The Golden Circle. Number five, Baby Driver. Number four, Coco. Number three, It. Number two, The Last Jedi. Number one, Get Out. So, yep. how how much did we cross over? We had one movie in the exact same position. Oh, I thought we might get that. Okay. You mentioned one, two, three, four, five of my movies. No, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. All in the top ten? Or is that... Yep. Or no, one was one, was one of your honorable mentions. So, five. So exactly half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think I think I know. I think I have an idea of what. So. All right. Let's get to it. So, my number ten, I said the babysitter. Oh, really? Not baby driver. Babysitter. Yeah. Different kind of baby. Yep. Um. Movies on Netflix, it's super fun. Have you seen it? No, I actually didn't get around to watching it. It's... It seems like it's going to be a horror movie, but then it kind of takes like a Home Alone type twist. <laughs> it, it's like Home Alone meets a slasher. Wow. It's like if Home Alone's traps actually, like, <laughs> hit Harry and Marv how they should have. See, Instead I, of those two being like Wiley e. Coyote and having a million lives. I, that's the first review like that I've heard, and that makes me want to watch it more. Oh, like, it's, it's really fun. Like, I didn't find it scary at all. Okay. If anything, I found it more of a spoof on horror movies. Yeah. 
but it was a lot of fun. And I've watched it a couple times now, and yeah, that's why I stuck it as number 10, just because it's like, I'll throw it on, like if I'm playing a game on my laptop, I'll throw it on just for something to watch in the background. It's that kind of movie for me. Okay. Like, if I'm playing Pokemon on my laptop, I'll turn the babysitter on on the big screen. And funny enough, my number 10, Logan Lucky, I think is going to be one of those movies that it's like a it's like a comfort movie for the background, you know? Nice. I mean, it, it is a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Like, Ocean's Eleven is one of those fucking movies always on the background everywhere. Nice. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, so that's really all I have to say about that. I I think you should check this movie out. I plan to, and I, I forgot about it, honestly. Nice. Um, my number nine, a movie I watched two nights ago. Okay. Um, after my parents helped me put the finishing touch on our new pantry, I was like, all right, I'm going to order some garlic fingers and three of us are going to sit down and watch a movie now to relax and kind of celebrate a job well done. And so I turned on Kong Skull Island. Nice. And all three of us loved it. Like, it wasn't my first time watching this movie, obviously, because I've kind of reviewed it before. Yeah. But... I was looking at my movie collection and I was like, what's something I could flick on right now that I enjoy that I think my parents or at least dad will enjoy because dad's a lot more into movies than mom is. Yeah. And so I turned on Kong Skull Island. Me and dad were sat down watching it and about 15 minutes in mom was passing through the room (laughs) and she was like, Ooh, what's this? And she came and she sat down on the couch next to me and mom never budged for the rest of the movie. Nice. Like, all three of us just sat there glued to the screen. It's such a good movie. It's a great movie. Oh, yeah. And and honestly, any other year, because I feel like just the amount of good movies this year was a little overwhelming, any other year, Kong yeah. Skull Island will be an easy, easy top ten for me. Oh, yeah. No question. Um, we've talked about it a lot in the past, though, so I don't really need to rehash all that we've said about it before. Yep. Um, number eight, a movie that made your honorable mentions, Guardians Volume 2. Okay, yep. I put that as my number eight. I've watched it a couple times now, but I gotta agree with you, not as good as the first one. No, but it's still so good. It's still so good. It made me cry in theaters. I I get why. Yeah. Even a even a robot like me can understand why. Yup. Bearded robot. <laughs> um. Number seven. This is where we overlapped. I also said Thor Ragnarok. Nice. 
Um, it was just so good. It was funny. The action was great. Like the visuals were stunning. Jeff Goldblum. Like, how can you not love a movie that has Goldblum in it? I agree. I have to agree. Like, he even seems like a fantastic person. Yeah. He does. Like, with all the scandals and everything else that were coming out over the last year, like all the stuff with, like, Harvey Weinstein and all those guys, did you have, like, any celebrities in mind that you were like, please, God, don't let it come out that this person's a bag of shit. Uh, Like, you're just rooting for this celebrity not to be an asshat like so many others. Yeah, a couple, and one of them was actually one of the ones that got named, so. Well, I had that unfortunate. Jeff Goldblum was one of those for me. That's a good one. Like, the guy seems to be genuinely good to his fans. Yeah. And he's funny, he's quirky, I enjoy his movies, and I was just like, fuck, I please don't let Jeff Goldblum be an asshole like Harvey Weinstein and so many others. Yeah, I really hope not. He, I agree with that one. And I haven't heard anything about it yet, so hopefully that means nothing has happened and yeah. not just that no one's come forward yet. Yeah. I heard a review. I heard a review, I, I heard a review the other day about Thor Ragnarok, and they said that Jeff Goldblum doesn't even seem like he had a script or that he was in a movie. He just showed up on set and acted like Jeff Goldblum, and then they, <laughs> like, they put him in an outfit. He just did whatever he felt like doing, and they just went with it. <laughs> oh yeah, did you see the? Twitter's most at like Jeff Goldblum answers Twitter's most asked questions. No, I about did not. Thor Ragnarok. I did not. It was so funny. That sounds great. It is. You should definitely watch it later on. Will do. Uh, number six. I had another movie that you did not mention. Yeah. Logan. Yep. Uh, Logan is another one that. Any other year, easy top ten pick for me. Yep. It's just the talent pool is just too deep this (laughs) year. That's all it was, man. It was a good crop. Yep. Forget about Deadpool. This year we had talent pool. (laughs) We've harped on about Logan before and sang its praises, but I just... Oh. It was... The Wolverine, like, even a guy who was sick of seeing Wolverine on screen like me loved this movie. I had no expectations at all. Like, I was just like, ugh, more Wolverine. Great. And then I watched the movie and I was like, holy fuck. Like, when we first talked about this movie, I said it and I'll say it again. This movie was a long movie. Yeah. But to me, it felt like there was no part of it that was unnecessary or out of place. Yeah. Like, every minute of this movie felt like it belonged. And that's really all I have to say about Logan right now. 
And if anyone wants to hear more of our thoughts on Logan, you can go to episode 7, I believe. It's somewhere in our catalog. I'm, I'm pretty sure episode 7, if I met, if my memory serves me correct. That was our, our whole X-Men special. Our X-Men Spectacular. Yes. Our... Um, we're going to have a little bit of difference of opinion right now. Okay. My number five was Get Out. Number five. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Um, we talked about this movie repeatedly. <laughs> it's worth talking about. It's a great about. movie. It's worth talking it's... about. Yeah. <laughs> Emily will refuse to watch horror movies. Yeah. Even ones that really aren't that scary, she cannot watch. She cannot stand horror movies. She went to this movie in theaters with me and enjoyed it. See, the thing about Ghetto is it's not that scary. Like, no. I mean, uh, the ideas behind it are scary. The The social yeah. aspect of it is scary. But as a horror movie, there's not a lot of scares. It's more no. suspense. and Yeah. And one of the things that made this movie stand out so much is that movies these days are so reliant on jump scares. Yes. And this movie really didn't have them. Just the one I can think of. No, yeah. The scene in the car, right? Yeah. But, like, most movies these days get their scares, like, just from jumps. But Get Out really actually, like, made you think. Yeah. It didn't need to just have random shit jumping out of nowhere, like almost getting hit by a Prius when you're crossing the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it had that deer jumping out in the road at the beginning, and that was really it. Yeah. Oh, that's not even the car scene I was talking about. Uh, no? No, the, uh, when there's a certain unconscious person in the car who wakes up screaming. Oh, yeah. That scene. That's a bit of a jump scare, but I mean, it's a well done jump scare and it makes sense. And you can kind of see it coming. Yeah. Even though he, he doesn't, right? Yeah. Alright. Number four. And I feel like this movie would have been higher on my list if I had gotten to rewatch it. Okay. The Last Jedi. Yeah, fair enough. It's one of the only movies on this list. The Last Jedi and Thor Ragnarok are the only two movies on this list that I haven't seen more than once. Yeah, that the in my top ten itself, the Last Jedi was the only one I didn't get to rewatch because, how could I? <laughs> yeah. So, I gave it like I was cautious when I was ranking this one, and so I decided to put it at number four just because okay. I need to rewatch it, see how it holds up, and everything like that. Yeah. But if you want more thoughts on that one, like. 
Ryan said. We talked about it for like two hours almost. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And that would be the previous episode. Yep. Uh, now, cracking my top three Yep. is another movie you didn't mention. Okay. Wonder Woman. Oh, really? That high for you? I love this movie. I, no, I really enjoyed Wonder Woman. I did. I got it on uh, DVD for Christmas, and I took it to work a few nights, and on my break, watched it. And then I took it to work again the next night and watched it again. <laughs> like, this movie is really good. Oh, it really Fucking is. Fucking loved it. I, um... I did rewatch Wonder Woman actually, and I really enjoyed it. And I mean, it's miles better than everything else DC's done. And yeah, it is one of the better superhero movies in the last couple of years. But it doesn't quite uh, it doesn't do it for me in the way that these other movies did. Uh, I would say top fifteen for me. Yeah, that's fair. And any other year, I think if I could rewatch Thor Ragnarok again, it might switch places. Yeah, fair with enough. With Woman, but like the only thing I would change about Wonder Woman is maybe make Ares a little better. Yes, at the end, the the back end of Wonder Woman falls apart for me. The ending is is where yeah. it doesn't do as much for me. And one, I get that. one thing I I don't like about this movie, but it's the same thing they've done in all the DC movies. The CGI they use when a character has to move fast or jump really high, it just it takes me out of the movie. The way they do that CGI, it looks like some like tall, bendy cartoon character. Just pay attention. Anyone listening, just pay attention. Even in Wonder Woman, and there's a right after the No Man's Land scene, she like jumps high in the air, and it just it looks really weird to me. <laughs> and, and I know that's not a, like that's a such a minor criticism of a movie, but I don't know. I it always comes to mind when I think about the DC movies for some reason. They've done it in uh, like. I, even in the Justice League trailer with Aquaman, I saw it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't notice how bad the jumping and stuff like that is in Wonder Woman. Because when I think of, like, bad-looking jumps in movies, all I think of is how awkward Psylocke looks spinning, like, doing her flip through the air when she cuts through that car in X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. Like, it... It could be a lot worse. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. that just looks atrocious. Yeah. No, I gotta agree. So I guess that's why I didn't notice any issues with the Wonder Woman CGI. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Now, um, I'm really curious to see what you have as your top two, because I, like I, I feel like I know one, but I have no idea what the other is. Which one do you think is in my top two? 
Um, wait a second. Oh, never mind. Never mind. There was a movie I forgot. Okay. I think I know. You know I, what both of them are? I think I do. Yeah. All right. Number two, I have Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yes, that's the one I forgot. Yeah, that's the one I assumed you forgot. <laughs> I thought you had already said it, is why, and then I, I realized you didn't. Yeah. I mean, we've harped on about this movie before. A couple times, yeah. Yeah. We've we've said enough about this movie already. Yeah, I think so. And and then my number one. I think you could probably guess what it is. Well, I'm assuming it's the Emoji Movie, right? Obviously. <laughs> no, it's like a Ninjago. I didn't see that. Was that was it bad or I didn't see that Lego movie either. Oh, yeah. But no. Uh no, my number one was it. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um Yeah. And it makes sense. It's a really good choice. And prop maybe with time that will that would move up on my list. Oh yeah. And I've watched it a couple times now, and it it gets better every time. I saw it multiple times in theaters. I've seen it multiple times since it came out on DVD. I went to haunted houses. Well, a haunted house uh, themed off of it. Like, just oh, this movie gets me. Yeah. Solid choices. Like, I've even rewatched the special features of it. That's something I want to see. It's good. Hmm. Uh, so, oh, yeah. So, there's my top 10. The other day, I got it in my head to try and predict your top 10 list. And uh, I got 9 out of 10. Really? Babysitter was the one you didn't get? Yeah, Babysitter was the one I didn't get. I, I had Kingsman in there instead. Ah. Uh, and Kingsman I had, and Hitman's Bodyguard would probably be two honorable mentions for me. Yeah, I, kinda, I was kind of thinking that. Um, and I had three in the exact right places, so I did pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say. And, and it's not to say that you're predictable, but I, I feel like I know you and your movie taste pretty well. Yeah, that's that's pretty fair. Uh, I I knew where you were going to put It, Logan, and Kong, Skull Island. Nice. And I was like one spot off on Guardians and uh, Spider-Man. So, I did all right. Good list. Yeah. Good list. Hell yeah. So. I think it was just a good year for movies. Everyone wins. It really was a good year. And just, like, all in all, I saw about 40 or 50 movies. And, I mean, there were, like, just to name a few. Uh, I mean, I didn't even mention War for the Planet of the Apes. 
that was really good. Uh, I didn't have Logan or Kong or Wonder Woman anywhere near my honorable mentions. Um, there was a really, really good movie called Free Fire that came close. And literally the whole movie is just a shootout. It's like a drug deal gone wrong turned into a, a shootout. And that's the whole hour and a half movie. And it is amazing. Just a really good I'm year. surprised Bright wasn't on your list. Um, let me see. I have Bright. <laughs> Bright was the 40th best movie of the year, in, in my opinion. <laughs> Number 40 overall. On, only better than Death Note and Inconceivable starring Nicolas Cage, which I did not want to watch in the first place. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess that's a wrap on our season two premiere. And uh, yeah. that's a wrap on 2017. Uh, one thing I think we're going to do here, something new we're going to introduce that I forgot to mention to you, so <laughs> you don't know anything about this. Uh, we're going to give a, a little preview of our next episode, which kind of binds us into doing those episodes. Uh, so next, not next week now, two weeks from now, you can look forward to our 2018 movie preview as well as probably touching on TV shows, video games that are coming out in 2018 I'm looking forward to it I mean 2018 is probably going to be the most superhero movies we've ever seen like we got three some Marvel stuff. We got a we got an animated Spider-Man movie. It's kind of ridiculous, actually. Hell yeah! So, uh, good year to be a geek. It really is. Not to mention another Star Wars movie, and a Jurassic Park movie, and <laughs> and that's not even touching on like the. I'm guessing is that about seven hundred superhero TV shows that are coming out. Oh, yeah. Or it seems like it anyway. So, uh, thanks again. Hell, yeah. And uh, stay tuned for more Jedi Dropouts and the eventual return of Tridents and Tracers, which is probably coming out around the same time as this episode. Word. Okay, uh, thanks for dropping by. Something, something, drop out. Yeah.